Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the K-Fabe crew, Jesse Baker and Wex Breaking the Lawson. Boys, how we doing? I'm doing just fine, man. Wishing, <clears throat> wishing our buddy uh, Wex Breaking the Lawson a mighty happy birthday as we record over there. Indeed, indeed. Mr. Wex, happy birthday, sir. Actually, nice, just finished nice, watching. Nice. Uh, just finished watching the NXT like maybe thirty minutes before we started, so pretty fresh. Hell yeah! Okay, well let's uh, let's get this thing going, man. Today we're covering TNA against all odds from two thousand and six, uh, going up against this most recent NXT takeover. It's NXT Vengeance Day, twenty twenty one. Yeah, a lot going on here in TNA at the time too, man. I mean, just like. Just to, to read down the roster of people that we have on the show, uh, Roddy Strong's on it, Austin Aries, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, not as the Motor City Machine Guns are on here, Jay Lethal, um, golly, I mean, the New Age Outlaws, it, I mean, it, it runs and runs and runs. There's a ton and ton of star power in 2006. I don't really remember TNA being like this pre-Spike era. Jesse, what do you think about like going all the way back to 2006 TNA? I absolutely love 2005, 2006 TNA. I mean, I've obviously you guys know and probably listeners by now too that I'm a big mark for early TNA, especially Asylum Year yeah. stuff. But that's more just because it's goofy and it's kind of fun to see the surprise like one offs that would run in at the fairgrounds and stuff. Plus, I remember yeah. being there. But yeah, hell yeah. When they changed networks though, they really stepped up the lineup and I thought they took advantage of a couple of different things, one of which trying to be a little bit different with the six sided ring and then showcasing a lot of the lighter, like, your Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, Petey Williams, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, so on and so forth. I thought they did a really good job of highlighting that difference. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's kind of, it's just it's a wild blast from the past to see some of these guys in the positions that they're in. Wex, what do you think about going back to 2006 with this TNA show? I, I mean, it was very interesting because this was kind of a weird era. It was past the asylum, but not quite the Spike TV when they were first like in. I guess they were in Orlando at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a very, was a very weird, weird era of TNA, but some of the best like wrestling of TNA, like definitely like we we're talking about some of these guys like Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, and of course like the X Division. This is probably like the height of the X Division. Yeah. I want to say like peak X Division time for sure. Without further ado, let's jump right into it here. Match number one on the card is going to be Roderick Strong and Austin Aries. Versus the Naturals, Chase Stevens and Andy Douglas. Man, uh, this is a blast in the past for me, especially because the Naturals of being like local Nashville boys. Uh, wrestled on tons of shows with these guys. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about Roddy Strong and Austin Aries versus the Naturals here? I always forget about Aries and Strong teaming, but we just not that long ago did a TNA show where they were a team, but I want to say it was like three years before this or something. It was, it was a Pretty good. Uh, that, that was time. that was Alex Shelley. It was Alex Shelley and Roderick Strong. Uh, either way, A names. <laughs> yeah, <Whatever>. A names. <laughs> I, yeah. I swear I saw them team on something else. It may have just been something I watched, but could have been Ring of Honor too. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Austin Aries is just like super overly flamboyantly comic selling here, yeah. and it's just kind of hilarious because his getup is so fucking weird. He just yeah. uh, he definitely had not <clears throat> had not found his character by long stretch of the imagination yet. And um, I don't know what it, early TNA naturals. I, I know every personal opinions aside, they 
used to look good. Here, for whatever reason, it was really, they were less fluid than normal. There was just something about it that was a little bit off, I thought. I thought Aries' offense was pretty strong. They did great bumbling heel work, some really fantastic double-team stuff. There was that brutal suicide dive by Aries that just had, like, the speed turned up on it that I thought was pretty badass. But altogether, it was just kind of there for me. I gave it two beers. Where where are we at on it, Lex? Kind of kind of going there with Jesse. Like I agree. I saw the naturals. I've definitely seen the naturals just like you wrestling many matches locally, watching TNA. And I really don't think it was the naturals this time. I think it was just Chase Stevens. He's the one who was looking rough. He just looked very kind of slow, robotic. Like he was kind of you could tell him like stop and setting shit up and uh kind of felt bad for Andy Douglas because Andy Douglas didn't look bad in this match at all. Like I don't know. Maybe Chase Stevens had a couple extra bumps of cocaine in this match and just wasn't ready. I don't know what was going on. Uh, but otherwise, like you can clearly see why Roddy and Aries went on to be stars because this match was kind of a stinker for the other guys. But just the fact that like you could see the good ing- the good ring work and like you were talking about that really sick suicide dive and like the nice uh, it was a the uh, choke slam German suplex, you know, like on the back of his head. That was pretty sick. The double team, but. I'm going to go two and a half, just a little bit more because I thought like it was, you can't, I can't fault Stevens for blowing it for that, for everybody else in this match. He, you know, everybody else put in a pretty good show, put in some good work, but he just, like I said, I don't know if it was not enough cane to look, I mean, not enough cocaine to little cocaine. <laughs> I don't know what was going on this night. Cause I've seen him have way better matches than this. Man, y'all are smoking that cocaine. That must be what's going on here, because I thought this match was actually pretty decent. I did see some stutter steps, but it just looked like their cadence was off. Like, it didn't necessarily seem like Chase specifically was off. I thought that Frankensteiner spot uh, into the Centon was super cool. Uh, and I love the Naturals finish, man. I love that, like, kind of springboard stunner-ish kind of thing that they do. Um, I actually thought, I mean, Andy did definitely looked like the, the stronger character, but I actually thought that Andy Douglas specifically looked like the best wrestler in this match. Uh, it makes you kind of wonder, like, I know he really didn't do much after the naturals, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. I thought he, I thought he had the, the best showing and that's not really to take too much away from Chase Stevens. I thought he did it fine too. I actually rated this match three and a half beers. I really enjoyed it. I liked the tag match quite a bit. Um, I thought strong and Aries had a really good chemistry. But uh, you know what? Maybe that's a sign of things to come. Maybe I was just feeling generous. I don't know. But let's jump over to the current day stuff here. Uh, the music video open for this Vengeance Day was sick. Uh, it was really unique. I liked that a lot. Uh, did you guys have any notes on that cool like kind of music video intro they did, Jesse? I honestly don't guess I paid very much attention to it. I kind of just figured it was another open. I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> it didn't stand out to me, but I, yeah, I, it was more like was a it? music video than like a, a hype package. So that's, that's why yeah. I kind of enjoyed it. But Wex, what do you think, man? Yeah, I didn't really have much to say about that. I cut <laughs> it on, went to go get some food. Right, well, fuck you guys. Let's get, get to the going. match here then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> match number one here is Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez for the women's dusty cup final. Um, man, this was, uh, there was intensity like from the jump on this one. I felt like both teams cared a lot about it and it felt like it really did have stakes. I thought this is probably the best Gonzalez has ever looked. Uh, and she looked like an absolute monster. I mean that in the best possible way. She looked like a, a, a legitimate viable threat. I love the pairing with Kai. It very much reminds me of like the diesel Sean kind of vibe when Sean was just the chicken shit heel. Um, I think that they have really good chemistry together. I would like to see them go 
you know, kind of keep going. Cause I do feel like we've seen them both separately and they're not always the best in ring bell to bell separately. Uh, so I think that like them as a tag team is really solid. I do feel like the match went a little too long. I feel like it really could have been about 10 minutes shorter. Uh, it really, really did definitely drag. And dude, this is the story of the fucking night, but the piped in crowd noise was overwhelming in this show. It was so thick and so obvious that it was just way too obnoxious, almost louder than the commentary the whole night. They got to do something. Whoever is engineering their live sound is just not, doesn't know what they're doing. Honestly, though, it was a good match. It wasn't great, uh, but it wasn't bad. I do like both teams, and I enjoyed it overall. I'm going three beers right there in the middle for me. Jesse, what do you think about uh, Blackheart and Moon versus Kai and Gonzalez? I couldn't agree more about Gonzalez. She looked amazing in this match. She definitely, like, every time I see her in a high-profile match, she levels up her star power a little bit, and that's a great sign of a a future main event talent, I think. Um, I still fucking can't get behind Dakota Kai. I know, I know that she's a darling and everybody loves her and all this stuff. I just, her work, I hate it. I don't know what it is. It's just something about it just takes me out of the match every single time. She's got a candle for a Blu-ray vibe for sure. And there was a, uh, this awesome almost cutaway from like the most glaringly missed face wash into the corner that I think I've ever seen. I mean, it was just six inches entirely off the fucking head. And they like, you see the foot not make contact and they cut away right yeah. before the cell, you know? But it was yikes. That was a yikes move. Ember was kind of doing some weirdly heelish stuff throughout the match, just like in terms of some of the characteristic heel movements in a tag match and stuff. I thought that was a little weird because it seemed very apparent to me that that was not her and Shotzi's role. Um, The Eclipse looked great. I also couldn't agree more that the match ran long and it lost a lot of steam for me in like the last five or six minutes. I just wasn't interested by the end. I gave it one and a quarter beers. Oh, wow. All right. I'm feeling very generous today. Wex, how are you thinking about this one, man? I'm pretty much right there in the same boat as you, Daniel. I went three beers with this match and pretty much the same thing. Like it was going pretty good for a while. And once they hit that like doomsday device splash thing. Yeah, that was sick. Basically, once they hit that, I thought that was like, all right. That's cool finish. That's like, dude, that's fucking sick. That's a good way to build up to it. But, you know. They built up to that, and I thought that was going to be it, but then, you know, they kept going and going and kept doing more bullshit over and over again. But like you said, the Eclipse looked nice. I really like Shotzi and Ember Moon as a team together. Like, Shotzi's sick. Yeah. She did that really crazy suicide dive herself. I mean, yeah. great work from them, too. I really liked, yeah. I like so the way many, they work together. How many beers were you again? I went just the same way as you, three beers. Right, that's what you said. So I'm just shitting all over everything. I'm right there in the same boat as you, and if it just would have, like you said, maybe went five minutes, a little bit shorter, maybe even a little bit shorter than that, I probably could have went three and a half, four, maybe. Maybe. There's one thing that bothered me that that severely lowered my rating as well. There's a point in the match where uh, the ref's back is turned, Ember tagged Shotzi, and they stand, Ember and Shotzi stand in the ring and argue with the ref for like 30 full seconds about the tag being missed rather than just tag her in. You're standing there. So now okay, they're well, looking at you. Why don't you just fucking tag her? I, like, yeah. I, I understand yeah. about time wasting. Uh, yeah. There's definitely a few more matches that we can, uh, we, we're going to talk about that here when we get to it. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's hop back over in our time machine here and go back to 2006. Uh, we had a little promo for AMW and Team Canada. The promo felt super awkward, uh, and Zabisco made it even weirder. I, I would just I I was not behind any of the cutscenes that Zabisco was involved in this entire show. Um, but the match here is Alex Shelley versus Petey Williams versus Matt Bentley versus Jay Lethal. And I guess this was like a four-corner tag. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't really understand how it was set up. Jesse, can you got some insight on this one? Go ahead and give me your rundown of this as four-way or four-corner or whatever the fuck it was. Well, I sort of touched on this on a previous show. I mentioned that there was going to be a really weird match on this show in terms of the rules because it's just not logical. You can't, yeah. I mean, you're in a fatal four-way with a tag format wherein if you tag out, you obviously can't win the fucking match. All you can do is stand to lose. So yeah. why ever tag out, you know? They did kind of sort of do a little bit of explanation of some of the tag offense stuff, but at this point, none of these guys were in established tag teams, really. I mean, Petey Williams kind of was with, like, pieces of Team Canada at times, but not really. Um, yeah. I thought it was nice that, I don't know if they, like, paid the crowd off or what, but Lethal seemed like he was mega over here. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And that could be Plants because he was pretty new to the company still here. I mean, relatively yeah. anyway. Uh, there was a great pinning series right in the middle of the match with a vicious elbow drop to Lethal. I thought the finish was kind of idiotic, but I still gave it two and a half beers, if only for the Bentley bounce, which I completely fucking forgot was. A oh, my oh. God. Holy I shit. Love it. I absolutely man. I'm like. Every time I see that dude, I miss Matt Bentley like severely. Yeah. I, like, damn it, man! Like, why, why, why? Wex, what did you think about this four corner tag thing? I mean, I was honestly surprised, like, just for the work how it was gonna be, just because of the weird format. And it was very like I didn't understand. It was the same rules as a four way tag team match, but with. Not tag teams, so like you said, it doesn't make any sense. Like when there's tag teams, you know, people yeah. get thrown here, there. They can kind of sneak tags in. It makes sense to like go in and out, but like it makes no sense at all when you have no one to tag in and out with. And Jay Lethal, like you said, he was definitely really over, and I was kind of surprised too. I don't know if it was Plants or maybe he just, you know, maybe did he work like the Florida circuit before he, you know, was working in TNA. That could definitely be it. Because, yeah, you know, they definitely. they just started running Orlando, and, you know, he, he's, I mean, a lot of people That's used to work. That Florida circuit was, you know, was definitely big at that time. But uh, the the best part of this match was Alex Shelley versus Jay Lethal. That was the best combo you got to see. They got the probably the best spots. And at one, at, like, at one point, there was just, like, kind of too much shit going on, basically, because the format just didn't really at make sense. <laughs> well, at a couple different points in the match because of the stupid-ass yeah. format. I went three beers purely for just Jay Lethal and Alex Shelley. Y'all, I am just like, maybe I'm a drunk or I'm just generous, but like, I feel like I have more negative things to say, but I rated this higher than either one of you. Uh, I mean, okay, so for me, look, I, the reason why I asked about the four corner tag thing, literally the only thing that you would have to do to make this make sense is just make it elimination. So that way you still have this tag format. And that That's way, like, you, it's be, always yeah. a one-on-one, -on -one, because even if one person gets, like, eliminated, there still has to be one person that can tag either person in. You know what I mean? Like, that to me would have made way more sense. It would have made it way easier. It would have made sense for, like, the heels to want to stay out of the match to, like, not be eliminated early. You know what I mean? They could have done a lot with that. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, dude, this was like, okay, all right, this is it. Like, you know how around this time, the literally the phrase spot monkey, like, began? Like, oh, yeah. this was it. Like, it was breakneck oh, yeah. pace and just spot after spot. It was great work. It was crisp, but there was, like, no air in between. Like, there was, like, the, the crowd could not catch their breath. It was just too much going on. Uh, I mean, again, it was crisp work. Uh, it just would have been a lot better if there had been a little less action, actually, and a little more space and a little more selling. I think it would have just been a little bit better. Uh, but I still rated it three and a half beers because, I mean, dude, from the jump, it, they never stopped. And all four of these guys can absolutely go in the ring. So, you know, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed watching it. Um, but if I had, you know... To me, like, there's no, um, this is a match that you could put on a house show. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, obviously, there's no big storyline going into a, you know, four guys. And there's no title on the line. There's no shot or anything. It's literally just, hey, guys, go out there and get your shit in. Uh, and I feel like that's what I, I kind of noticed about it. Uh, but this next match on the NXT card, I don't, I did not feel that way at all. Number Match number two here is Johnny Gargano versus Kushida for the NXT North American Championship. Man, Wex. Back to you this time, buddy. What do you think about this uh, NXT North American Championship match? This is probably one of my favorite matches on the card, honestly. It was like they mix it up. A lot of very solid technical, you know, mat work a yeah. lot with a lot of stiff strikes. They kind of did that out of that little strong style kind of element to it. And they really, yeah. you know, he worked. They did the whole arm work. They The, the one body part thing worked yeah. out really hard. And I really love that one spot where they just, it was like multiple pin after pin after pin after, you know, you, you know the spot I'm talking about. That was yeah. fucking really sick. I guess his move, I thought, I kept thinking it was like a hammerlock suplex. They were saying it was a chicken wing suplex. I thought it was sick. That Spanish fly from the top into the arm bar. Oh, really, yeah, that was definitely smooth. Yeah. Like everything they did in this like whole thing. And then I really, I really love the finish from Gargano, the DDT on the ramp to the other one into the ring, like for, for good measure. Definitely a great match. I went four beers on this one. I thought it was brilliant. I, the only thing that could have benefited from it, maybe, I don't know, maybe it just, if it just would a little, would have just a little bit shorter too, it probably could have got one more beer for me. All right, there you are. So yeah, man, that's. I mean, your your four beers is still still a pretty strong bit. I on mean, that. yeah, it's like I said, it's one of the best matches in the card. Jesse, where are you at on it, man? I definitely, again, a little long. I, you know, NXT. I do love that they give some of these matches time or whatever, but it's gotten to the point now where you could squeeze one extra match in with some enhancement talent, and you wouldn't offend me. Uh, you know, agreed, you agreed, you could shave agreed. three four minutes off of probably every match here, aside from Balor and Dunn, and I well. Yeah. And another one that we'll discuss in a minute. But um, I went straight in the middle, man. I went three beers. And the, I would have given it more because there were so many really great, well-thought-out, obviously just super fluid spots between these two. Kushida has left me a little, like, feeling a little bit lackluster about his career in NXT so far, although I really did like this match. I thought he definitely showed out a little bit more than normal. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing for me is that there's so much outside brawling in this clearly submission-based and technically wrestling-based match that I didn't—it just didn't translate well to me. I mean, there was a little bit of build going into this that I noticed yeah. in the packages, but I'm, I also haven't really been watching, so maybe there was more than I think. I did like the finish. Great trading of holds. The pacing of the match was cool, so yeah, I gave it three. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the booking a lot, too. I liked how they had, like, the— uh you know, the way that, you know, the Gargano's little uh, stable back there, they all hyped, hype it up together. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, you get the chloroform from Dexter Loomis on 
uh, Austin Theory to take him out, and then that causes him to send the, the ladies back as well. And I thought that was really smart, small, subtle thing to do while also making Loomis the next guy right away uh, to be in line for this this title. Um, I think I think that's a good idea. But, I, dude, to Jesse's point, I literally said, like, if they had just, you know, saved saved a couple minutes on some of these matches and given like me, like, it. a giving me a cruiserweight championship match in here. You know what I you know what I mean? Like you could have given me like a Leon Ruff versus, you know, the the cruiserweight champion and we could have had even if it was, you know, 5 6, maybe 8 minutes tops, it would have been more than enough for those guys to do what they needed to do and tell a pretty decent story and also it's another title that is not really as featured as it should be on your show. I mean, you still are putting on fucking 205 lives. I don't know for why. No literally no one on earth watches those things, man. I mean, I honestly feel like AEW Dark gets more views on YouTube than 205 Live still. I like dude, I just found out like 2 or 3 weeks ago that 205 Live was still going and never even stopped. Like it's that of Kurt blew my Stallion. Mind. That's the only reason I knew. It sucks because Kurt Stallion's one of my favorite talents ever. And man, I really wish that they had started him out differently than putting him on 205. I just feel like it's a waste. Now he's crushing it, but. Yeah, I'm sure he is crushing it, though. But I mean, at the same time, too, like, I don't know. I mean, I, again, like, I don't have a problem with you even having a 205 live show, but every single takeover, if you're going to call it the NXT Cruiserweight Championship and not the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, it needs to be at every takeover because you only have what four or five takeovers a year like i mean you really need to be featuring that title and featuring that roster i mean yeah so clearly we can all agree that that match like that was my only gripe is that it went too long and all of us had the same exact analysis of it so yeah that being said it was a great match i like i actually like i um as far as new japan war goes like i watch wrestle kingdoms and i watch the big shows when there's a lot of hype around it and i've seen kushida wrestle before and he was always great um, getting to see him in NXT has been, uh, I, I would also say lackluster, but again, like Jesse said, this match was surprised me. I think it was probably his best match. I actually enjoyed the, the blend of the technical wrestling with the brawling to me. I, it made it more aggressive in a good way. And I thought these two guys, like what's sad to me is that I obviously feel like they're going to start pushing towards Dexter Loomis and with a clean win with Gargano getting a clean win here. That means that's kind of the end of this story for them. But I thought they had great chemistry and they could have stretched this out for a while. I feel like Gargano is the kind of guy who normally has the same opponent for months and months on end. And I feel like Kushida really could have benefited from eventually getting even if if it was a short lived North American championship run overall, though, great selling. Um, great space between the moves. I thought they both did a really good job. I gave it, I gave it four and a half beers myself. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Jesse, mm-hmm. where you at on it? I, I went three. Like I said, it was, uh, you know, yeah. I was dead in the middle. Dead in the middle on it, man. All right. Well, let's get back over to the, uh, 2006 show. Talk about something that we're dead in the middle on or worse. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> First of all, there's a promo with Rhino uh, and, of course, good old boy Larry getting some uh, getting some time. It was really bad. Uh, and then the James Gang and LAX packet. The package, uh, promo package was fantastic. The music was absolute utter dog shit, but the pack, the video package was awesome. Like, um, dude, first of all, like it blows my mind that pro wrestling companies at this level got away with like such awful garage band versions of songs, even at this time. Like, why? why? I mean, I don't know. I know for a fact that there were much better musicians making much better sounding shit in 2006 than the stuff that you allowed to happen. But good God. Um, yeah, man, not much to say about that. Let's get into the actual match here. It's LAX and a very 
very early on version, which is Homicide and Machete versus uh, the James Gang, which is essentially the New Age Outlaws. Um, Jesse, what do you think about LAX versus James Gang here? The package had me all excited because the package was Homicide and Apollo. And I was pretty excited yeah. about that. I thought that that was going to be great. And then out comes Machete, who yeah. is Machete. an independent star called Ricky Vega. He was in some NWA shots outside of TNA. He didn't really do much in TNA at all. And then uh, he was in IWA Puerto Rico for a really long time working for Savio. Um, he was just like, you just talk about the comic selling, like like kind of what Aries was doing, but turned up to 11 here. Yeah, he's <laughs> Doing like the Looney Tunes fucking Wiley yeah. Coyote bits throughout the whole yeah. fucking match and just completely HBK Hogan. <laughs> yeah. I, I lost interest the minute the bell rang, to be quite frank. I mean, Homicide, I always love seeing, but even he couldn't save this. And, you know, James Gang is like, they're clearly just here to capitalize on some free time to take some more pills at this juncture in their careers. I mean, they were both twacked out, not really working all that well, I didn't think. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I gave it a beer because of Homicide, pretty much. Oh, Wax, where you at on it, man? Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, I I gave it a beer and not for the same reason, not just because of homicide, just because of the pure absurdity of what was going on in this match. Because you could tell this was basically the pilled up, washed up version of the New Age Outlaws, the bad version of the New Age Outlaws. And even like even back then, I noticed how big. Billy Gunn or Kip James, whatever you want to call him, just how fucking big he is. And you can tell Massive how high, being. how high he is in this match and how botchy he is. Like if he wasn't so strong, like that little power bomb spot that he saved with homicide, like, or, or, or I don't know if it was homicide or machete. I can't remember. And I kept noticing they were basically saying machete. Like uh, Shivani said, yete. I just kept yeah. noticing that. I just kept saying, <laughs> All right. Machete, machete. I don't know what the deal was that, but, one thing that I'm going to say that I don't know you guys probably agree on the pump handle slam is the weakest fucking finish of, of all time. Oh, it's, it's so bad. It's so it's, it, it's not even like a, like that high or hard of a bump. It's like, it's such like a low impact bump. It's like, why would you use that as a finisher? And dude, the yeah, worst ever slam WWE where you get the humping going. But yeah, yeah that was a, yeah, that's a fucking terrible finish. The pump handle slam is a weak ass, like fucking bullshit. And the fact that Bullet Bob comes out there, like with his old ass, and this this was 2006, and he was even old then. So, bro, old like, as shit, and he punks out Conan. Yeah, like like come on now, Conan. Like in Conan's fucking, this isn't like early 90s Conan, but he's still pretty fucking. He's swole at this point. No, he looks good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just like that was just thought that was pretty ridiculous. And a uh, funny note, I just noticed the ref's name was Andrew Thomas. Mm. Oh. Little King of the Canvas. Yeah, it was uh, pretty funny there. Uh, Not the same Andrew Thomas, obviously, but uh, that's pretty pretty funny. Pretty good there. But uh, one beer for me, too, just because uh, the bootleg version of the New Age Outlaws were high as fuck, and it was funny. Well, you guys know how much I absolutely adore DX members that are pilled up. I just just one of my favorite things to ever watch. <laughs> that's being a staple, dude. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Not to mention just 1997 Shawn Michaels. I'll rub it into the ground until the day I die. Yeah, click members in general. Uh, I mean, yeah. To be honest, it was it was a shit show. It was a it was a botch fest for sure. Uh, but at least it was short. I will give it that. And like they didn't really drag it on too long. 
I honestly did feel like Bullet Bob punking out Conan was the highlight. Uh, I gave it a beer and a half. I was going to give it a beer just as it was, but then I gave it half a beer just for honestly, because like Conan legit sold it like Bullet Bob punked him out. And I felt like, dude, hats off to Conan for legit selling the fact that he was worried he was going to get his ass whipped by that fucking dinosaur. Like, really great job. Um, beer and a half. That's the, I feel like that's the most I can give it. But let's just keep it rolling here, man. Tons of matches in 2006. We got another awkward Zabisco promo in the back. One of, <laughs> it seems like, every fucking time. I agree with you. The Zabisco was shit was just garbage all night. It had me, it, like, pissed me off, and it made me want Jeff Jarrett to cheat. It made me just, like, yeah, like, fuck this goddamn <laughs> Yeah, you can't. Yeah, Zabisco is not. First of all, he's just not a babyface ever for any reason. I don't think ever. He sounds so uh, whiny when he's trying to bitch at people. He is whiny. <laughs> yes, he is just a whiny ass bitch. But yeah, dude, there was just not much value in it. Uh, also, like Mark Slick Johnson, the fact that they're like giving him a gimmick and giving him TV time just to kind of roundabout say there's going to be a guest referee in the main event. It was a huge waste of time. Huge waste. Huge waste of promo space. You could have done so much more with that time. Uh, but the next match on the card here is Sanjay Dutt and Chris Saban going up Brandon. against AMW, America's Most Wanted, for the NWA Tag Team Championship. Sanjay Dutt and Chris Saban getting a tag team title shot. What is happening? What is 2006? Wex, give it to me. Yeah, it was a very weird matchup. Like, I can't, like, I was just like, what the fuck? Why are they teaming? Like, Motor City Machine Guns are on this pay per view just in two different matches. It just didn't really make, I mean, it was just that, like I said, that very weird era of TNA. I did notice Sanjay Dutt had hella back knee right now. He was, he was hitting the roids hard at this point. Yeah, buddy. Really going. On that Wednesday. But yeah, I mean, but they, they, I mean, I will say they really worked and sold that thing about uh, Chris Saban's ankle and they really, and, but I will say that was a really fucking bad spot. Like it took forever for him to like pull the thing down on his ankle yeah. and the commentary was really trying to sell it of like how like terrible it was. If they just would have did that a little bit smoother, it would have been nice. But I mean, there was definitely great work. Uh, that nice tornado DDT thing, the shooting star. Uh, I don't know. Every time now, like when I, every time I see AMW wrestle and I see, uh, not James storm. What's the other guy's name? Chris Goddamn. Harris. Chris Harris, all I think of is Braden Walker, because like he was like at the after the match, he was like kind of like, cutting some promo shit, and this was like toward. I mean, this was very soon right after this is when he did and when did that run right as Braden Walker. Uh, yeah, I think no, I think I don't think he yeah. came until like late '07, early. It was like towards the end of ECW. I'm saying, like, like, but he left TNA shortly after this. Is what it was because he didn't go directly over. But I, mean, like, I don't think like a, he left TNA until the end of 2006. And I want to say he didn't go to like WWE. A, yeah. Yeah. Within, within like a year. A couple, probably, yeah. Within a couple years, he yeah. was doing that. And like, I don't know. That's just every, when I saw him cut that promo after the match, that's just all I could think. And James Storm just looked lame as fuck with his chin strap in this match. And uh, yeah, I gave it three beers for Chris Saban for really uh, putting in some crazy shit. Maybe if I don't know if he was actually legit hurt, but if he wasn't, he really sold the ankle well. And made it work with his offense. And uh, that back knee was looking real sick. So, yeah, three beers for me. What a sick match. Three beers. Jesse, give it to me. What did you think about this tag team championship match? I went <clears throat> I went exactly half of that amount of beers. Uh, <laughs> the, I thought Sanjay looked fucking great. I mean, I, that back knee was work, killing it, dude. You know, I, I, I don't know. He just, there's a point in time where he finally gets the hot tag after Saban has just like very, very, very just sold and sold and sold and sold the whole thing with the ankle. And, um, 
I don't know. I thought that whole thing was well done. There was some methodical heel work by AMW, but it's just so fucking obvious that Chris Harris is slowing down here. And <laughs> it, it was it was like the Chase Stevens thing, except worse, you know, because I actually gave a shit about those were they were running mates for sure. So, yeah, I mean, but um, I, I still think the death sentence was a pretty sick finisher. Uh, oh, yeah. I, that oh, yeah. That was sick. Yeah. I thought the post-match bullshit was a little bit too much. It kind of made me lose interest in it and sort of killed. Like, if they just had the win and then fucking left, it would have been ten times better, I think. So, yeah, I gave it a beer and a half. Beer and a half. Man, I feel like, again, I'm just the, uh, no, not, I'm not fucking generous with this one. We know we're talking about James Storm, and you know, you motherfuckers know I'm not going to be generous <laughs> in this one. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, match was a huge letdown. I, I actually expected it to be better than it was. I don't know why. Uh, first of all, I think like AMW working as heels too, they've never been able to do that. If you look at the best success that James Storm has ever had in his entire career, he's always been a baby face. He is like, and what's, what's, <clears throat> I think the real reason is, is because he like is a heel as a person. So like the character is only like, I don't know, like it's too, um, I don't know. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the ring for him to be a heel. Uh, it doesn't work for Harris to be a heel. Them being a heel team just felt really awkward. The whole match felt super 80s and very Memphis 80s style with how yeah. much they worked on the limb. <laughs> like, I was just like, it missed me really hard. Uh, and then the post-match, too, just drug on and on and on. This match got a zero beer for me. There was no Ooh. beers. I, I smell, it smelled I like take, rotten beer. Dude. And I'm, I'm, no, I'm out, bro. I'm out on that. Sanjay Dutt, like, I mean, Sanjay Dutt had some cool spots. I didn't really get to see Saban work much at all because they only worked on his ankle. Like, it's fucking 1983 in Memphis. Like, it it was just not, like, it was not even remotely quality or up to, this was a fairgrounds match, like, just to get by. You know what I mean? Like, this was not anywhere near a pay-per-view level match? match. Yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, it just what it wasn't good. It it wasn't it just wasn't good, and it was mostly because of AMW. Go figure. Let's jump on over here in two and actually talk about a fucking great tag team match. We're back to the current show here. It's uh, NXT Vengeance Day 2021, and the next match on the card is MSK, aka the Rascals, versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. A fucking banger, man! Amazing workers all the way around. Great match. Both these guys were top-notch, and MSK sold it like they won at WrestleMania. They were so pumped about it. I loved this. Uh, the post-match was just so solid with those dudes there. Like, there was no, no missed beats. The Grizzled Young Veterans are one of the greatest tag teams working in the world today. Loved that team a lot. If you guys get a chance, go check them out in the NXT UK shit. That is probably one of the best hidden gems of the network. That show is always pretty good, actually. Uh, I watch it when I can. We cover a lot of fucking wrestling on this show, so that's not very often. Uh, but yeah, dude, I absolutely love this match. We've we've known the Rascals have been great, or MSK, whatever you want to call them. But pairing them with these guys, it was just, I mean, this was, uh, you know, American Alpha, you know, revival level good to me. I, I gave it four and a half beers. Really, really enjoyed it. I think that it's a good way to put the rocket ship on an MSK. Jesse, what do you think about this tag team match for the Dusty Classic? It impresses me that they're doing what they're doing with MSK because coming over from Impact, uh, seeing their style all the time and seeing them in GCW and things like that and a lot of singles matches, I kind of didn't know if they're if they were going to mesh, if that right. makes any sense, you know, because they're, they're definitely coming from a place where they are not in WWE's program, you know. Yeah. But, you know, there's a ton of false finishes. 
The ton of false finishes throughout this entire card, but especially a whole lot in this match. The uh, double team work, highly impressive on both sides. I thought it was a, a match worthy of being the final in a Dusty Rhodes classic. And that mega doomsday device to the outside fucking popped me like motherfucker. I thought that shit was cool. Tope uh, Sua doomsday device. Yeah, there we go. Tope yeah. con doomsday. The, uh, Tope con doomsday. The, uh, it was a well-structured tag match. I, I you know, I, I got a lot of good things to say about it. I don't really have anything bad to say about it, but it also wasn't, I don't know that it's a match of the year thing exactly. Uh, I gave it four beers, which is higher than I rated most things on either one of these cards. Yeah. Uh, I think the highest so far, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I liked it. Wex, what did you think about this tag team Dusty Classic final? I thought it was fantastic. Probably, I w- I'll definitely say my favorite match on the card of the night. I thought it was fantastic. Both teams worked absolutely great. Like, the kind of contrast of the, uh, I was going to say the Rascals, but MSK's high-flying shit. And just like Jesse said, the fact that they could come in from Impact and the fact they had a weed gimmick and now they're on w- a WWE show dropping that and still being able to get over just basically purely with their wrestling and it has nothing obviously the Wii gimmick had nothing to do with anything it was just something funny and cool and they can either work an adult gimmick or a or a family friendly basically get away with everybody type gimmick like yeah they can do anything and i thought dude some of that shit they did like wesley gimmick infringement i just want to say that that sick ass tope over the corner like post like all like and he landed on his feet like who does shit like that? I've only, I've really only ever seen. That was beastly for sure. Ricochet, ricochet but like yeah. Ricochet is the only other person Os- I've Osprey, seen for that. Yeah. Ricochet, maybe Pac, maybe Osprey, man. Will Osprey's done it. Osprey, sure. yeah. I mean, just people like that. Like, there's only a few select people who can, who can do shit like that. That's insane. But uh, even though you know it's a gimmick infringement and he kind of stole my name, it was still really sick. And I, he did the spiral tap. You know. Yeah. You never, you know, that's that's the classic AJ Styles. And he did another classic AJ Styles move, like the running handspring to shooting star, like over the rope to the outside. That yeah. I'm pretty sure that Styles does in, I think a match that, I think he does that later on another match. On yeah, in our in our three way. Yeah, like, dude, I just it was a great match. I can't say enough about it. like you said the Tope Suicida Doomsday Device, and their finisher. I love the assisted pushed moonsault yeah that's cool that's cool man i've never seen anything like that that's fucking sick i went five beers on this motherfucker i don't know if if that's me being too generous but this is my type of match wait jesse how many beers were you on it i hold on i think i went four yeah four beers okay i went five this this was i really i really enjoyed the work here i really enjoyed the rascals like he said all their impact, GCW work, and I, I really like the way they translated their gimmick and work into NXT. And and like you said, they sold it like it was the win of a lifetime. Like they brought, they started crying and shit. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it felt genuine too. I mean, yeah, I, I rated it four and a half, sure. so we're we're four, four and a half, and five on that one. Um, I mean, I feel like overall you can't really argue. Uh, that is pretty much the spectrum here. Yeah. Uh, but man, I tell you what, we're not gonna we're not gonna get much uh, much better on the other show here. Let's jump back to 2006. <laughs> we're gonna actually gonna run these next two matches together as well. Uh, one is the shits, and one are, one is the shit. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll 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 go with it that way. Uh, before we get to the next match, though, Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown have a promo uh, that was trash. 
uh, <laughs> awful, absolutely. Uh, but then the video package, um, again, was great for Rhino and Abyss. The package itself was awesome. But again, holy shit, the music, guys. Like, in 2006, but, it wasn't even it wasn't even that it was butt rock. Like it's 2006. I expect the butt rock. That's fine. But like, at least make it quite like it's literal. Like it's literal, generic, like, unlicensed like, Mega Man style, like Super Nintendo drums with like poorly recorded guitar yeah, and it like was that, it was that it was that like disc you get a free unlicensed music that you're allowed yes, to use. And they're like, yes. all right, let's chew some shit off this. Let's use that in the edit because we're going we're from TNA. We're down in Nashville. We're going to do it cheap. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I was not but into it at all. Think uh, being in Nashville, you think they could get something better, but you yeah. would fucking think so. You really would. But the match on the card here is Rhino versus Abyss. It's a falls count anywhere match. It's a blow off for this angle that they've had going for a long time now. Jesse, where are you at on Rhino versus Abyss in this falls count anywhere match? Man, I love both these guys so much. So I fucking hated this because I really was hoping it would be cooler than what it was. The, in a way, it was exactly what I expected. You know, they got into the crowd really early, standard slugfest pretty much. Most of the match was really nothing to write home about. I thought the back to the trophy to the balls was just one of the flat, dumbest fucking spots I've ever seen, ever. Um, The erector set style table setup by the entrance that took approximately a fucking year and then just took forever to pay off. The whole thing was just, I don't know. Why would you use a staple gun without something to staple to the guy's fucking head? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I just don't, and and both these guys know better, you know? So I don't know if that's just something slipped or they didn't, they missed a cue, I don't fucking know. They just used the gun and didn't put a staple in there. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, but then they also, (laughs) like when they, they'd make a beeline towards the end of the match, like they must've lost track of time or something because it's, it's comical that they literally just like beeline straight up the goddamn bleachers to get set up for that final spot. And I would have given this an additional three fucking beers if Rhino had gone with him on the gore. And I thought that was going to happen at first. I think that was supposed to happen. And it, it just looked so fuck. It was like a weird gut shoulder block. The way it played out. And I don't know. It was a shitty finish. I gave it a beer and a half. Year and a half from Jesse Wex. Where you at on this falls count anywhere? Saucy, <laughs> saucy Wex on his birthday. Give uh, it to me. Funny you should say a beer and a half because that's literally the exact same rating that I gave it. I and it's I the really, only it's like, the like amount said, of beers really that Wex still has him, left. Like, dude, I really like just like Jesse said, going into it, Rhino Abyss, basically a hardcore match, falls count anywhere. You're thinking it's gonna be crazy. And just like he said, that goddamn monstrosity of a table setup like classic wrestling trope i don't know if that's if it always happens but at nine times out of ten whoever takes the time to set up the table you're going through it so yeah it's almost but it's almost like a it's almost like wrestling like um like it's like it's what you're supposed to do that way it's like you can't blame anybody you know what i mean like oh well the table wasn't set up right or whatever like honestly that is a thing with the boys like if whoever's taking the table sets the table up that way you know what you're going through you can see it you know you set it up right. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. honestly, I like I like that. So I I basically knew I was like, God damn! Like if I was like, this better be a good payoff for this goddamn hour to take to set up this fucking table. But and weirdly at the beginning of the match, you see that like Rhino pulls the like gate back, like the barrier, like he's gonna dive over it, then like goes and like hesitates, then just walks down. Like I don't know if that was a botch or if he just. It was just very stupid because I could tell from the 
the get go when he moved it, I was like, he's not going to be able to fucking clear that. Like, what is he yeah. thinking? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And they really sold the fuck out of like the Dollar Tree foil pan. <laughs> like they like it was loud, but these they sold the fuck out of it. Like they were just dying off that like the fucking, Dollar Tree pan. I love it because that literally that's like the dollar pan that you buy. Like it, it doesn't hurt at all. It's just loud as fuck. And like you said, the staple gun to the head was really stupid. And I I, lo- I love seeing James Mitchell and Rhino. Like after he got busted over from the trash can, like. It happened so weirdly at like a weird time. I didn't even like associate it being the trash can. The like, of course, the commentary. So like, oh, that trash can busted him open, and I was like, what? Like, it it, it was just fucking weird. Not a that good match. Correct. Yeah. And like the whole fact that he had the like when they went to set up for the gore, he had to break that wood off. Like, I figured it would be a part where he would you know gore him through the wood through the table. Would have been better, but yeah, one and a half beers just because. That was a brutal spot that he had to take, even though it didn't kind of turn out the way we wish it would have turned out. But yeah, yeah, one and yeah. a half years TNA. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is this is about as TNA as it gets. I mean, Abyss took a nut shot early on, and you could tell he was legit hurting, and that that popped me because it was an unintentional <laughs> nut shot, and I love that kind of shit. So I like popped for a good five minutes just laughing. <laughs> It's a hardcore match. You know what I mean? Like both guys worked hard, but it's not going to be a mat classic. So I, when I, when I watch matches like this, since we all know that they're not my forte, um, I try to measure them by how over the angle was. Uh, and it did seem like the crowd was pretty into it. I mean, I, I'll give them that. Them not breaking the car window was fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> uh, Dude, th- that was so bad. Like the th- that was basically a waste of using the car. I completely forgot about it. Too. Oh it's, yeah, like, a complete so waste bad. of it. A complete waste. I actually did enjoy Abyss like ripping off the wall. I thought that that like kind of added to his mystique a little bit. Even though at that point we all knew he was going through the tables. I thought I, I almost it almost gives him back the strength and it also makes the Rhino win mean more. So I gave it two beers because I did feel like the crowd was really into it and it did seem like it did pay off their angle. I know that Abyss and Rhino did run for a long time. So I gave it two beers. I didn't absolutely hate it. Uh right but there. yeah, I right mean that's there. That's the that's the most that's the most I could give it. Uh, then we actually have probably the best promo of the night, and go figure. It's Samoa Joe, um, you know, just talking about how he doesn't care about your friendship and he doesn't care about your, you know, your conflict, and he cares about the championship, and it serves him well, man. Here we go. The next match on this card is the triple threat for the X Division Championship. I gotta say that this match was a little bit better in 2005, but this 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 one itself was not bad at all. Uh, it's kind of fucking crazy how popular the Billy Gunn shorts were in 2006 because all of these guys are wearing Micro them. shorts. Yeah, like it's just kind of funny to me. But I mean, look, dude, amazing chemistry between these three guys. They've had knockdown dragouts. This wasn't the last one of these they had. Uh, it wasn't their best one, uh, but it wasn't bad. I mean, these guys definitely know how to work together. It didn't feel like any one person laid out too long. It felt like they had a lot of really solid three-man spots as well. thought the match was great. I also love seeing Joe get the win. I thought the storytelling was good there and it led more for Daniels and Styles to kind of keep going. Uh, it was it was great work, man. I gave it I gave it five beers all around. Um, Jesse, where are you at on this Triple Threat X Division Championship match? One of the biggest things I love about these in this era of TNA is the little tales of the tape, like the X Factors that they did right before yeah. the match. I I love that kind of thing. I don't know what it is. You can't do it every time or it loses yeah. its feel, but agreed. 
I really enjoyed it here. Uh, they, I thought they did a good job building into the match. And man, it more than anything, it just really makes me miss seeing Joe in the ring. And, yeah, totally. you know, I don't know where he's at now with that. But I mean, the back end of what he did in WWE wasn't quite as impactful, obviously. But God damn, this is just so good here. And I thought that their ring placement by all three guys was great. And like you said, nobody laid out for too long, but they had that logical three-way offense yes. of trying yeah. to attack the freshest and strongest of your two opponents yes. for the first, at least the first half of the match. Yeah. They really concentrated on that, and I thought it was great. I popped super hard for that STF Koji Clutch knot. I yeah, thought that that hell was, yeah, that was awesome. Like dope, inventive spots that they did here. Uh, great Tope Sentan Atomico. Fucking fantastic ground grappling spots with all three guys in the ring, which normally you don't see it from all three participants in a match like this, but they all three were on point the entire time. I love the muscle buster here because it was so much more impactful than the last few years that he did it. I had to give it the full six pack, man. I know it's not the best match they've had, wow. but it was fucking good and definitely the best match on this card, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would I would say so for sure. Uh, just for me, I think it's because of the 2005 stuff that I loved so much because I actually owned that DVD that actually I still own. It sits in a book oh, I got of CDs. But uh, Wex, where are you at on this uh, this Triple Threat X Division? I thought it was a fucking fantastic match. Definitely match of the night. Probably the best match between both cards. I want like I'll go ahead and say that right here this early. But like you said, that fantastic suicide dive from Samoa Joe that was like a double elbow suicide dive at the same time that, uh, like you said, that Koji clutch like suplex basically that dropped uh, Christopher Daniels right onto his head. But he definitely got his revenge later when he gave like a brutal ass Death Valley driver right on Samoa Joe's head. Yeah, this was a Japanese suplex match at its finest. Yes. Yeah. Brutal as hell. Stiff as fuck. Like. But still had the high spots. They still did all the crazy shit that they're all known for doing. Like, Styles did all of his signature shit. You got, like, you definitely got everything. And one thing I just want to say right here, Don West, at this point, was just pissing me off on commentary. He was just too, <laughs> too goddamn ridiculous. Like, oh, my. Like, it's like he was trying to be, it's like a third-rate cigarette-smoking Joey Styles. It's just. Or like an infomercial salesman. Which is what the fuck he is. <laughs> I mean, it's just not very good, but I thought this match was fucking amazing. I love that sick little three-way submission at the same time. Like, I think uh, Jesse already, like, alluded to that, but I did the same thing. Six beers. Like, wow, six this beers. Is, man. This, is my, this is my kind of match. All these dudes are three of my favorites. Like, dude. See, yeah, I, I mean... I, Literally right now on my refrigerator, I have an Impact Christopher Daniels, like, thing... That I got from the Great Escape years ago, but he's still wearing the blue biker shorts, even though this is more like a 2011-12 impact. Yeah. He's still got the blue biker shorts. Of course, of no course, go, of course. no goatee at this point. I don't think, but no, we've we've dropped that. We've dropped the face pubes, but uh, we have kept the biker shorts. But speaking of really great three-way championship matches, man, the next match on the card on the NXT show is going to be Io Shirai versus Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez. Uh, dude, I thought it was a fantastic match, and I think I, I think Io Shirai is the best female wrestler on any Amer major American roster today, period. I think she is the best bell-to-bell -bell performer in any company uh, out of the major three in America. I don't watch enough New Japan to say that she's the best overall, uh, but outside of New Japan, and me just not knowing enough about that, I think she's better than anybody else, and I think it really showed here. I actually thought that this was the match of the night so far. 
uh, on the NXT show. Um, I really enjoyed it. I went five beers deep on this one. Mercedes Martinez really, 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 really impressed me in this one. Tony Storm doesn't get enough shake. I think that she did a fucking great job in this match, too. Solid three-way match. They're not easy to pull off, and I felt like these ladies did a really good job. Jesse, where are you at on this uh, this NXT Women's Championship match? I am nowhere near you. Um, the... <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a decent little triple threat match. I don't know what it was about the ending, but it definitely seemed like rushed or a little unplanned to me. There was something about it that seemed like... They were rushing to the finish for sure, yeah. Yeah, there there was something a little sketch and a little bit off base about it. It just wasn't... It just didn't look right. Um, You know, they fit in EO's typical big splash spot that she's got to do in every fucking match on every Um, pay-per-view. I'm happy for Mercedes Martinez that she got out of retribution, but again... I don't know if it's just because the weekly product has lost its luster to me or what. I just didn't find myself giving two shits about how this match ended up at all. And, you know, I think by now I was so burnt out on all the false finishes throughout this entire card that that it started to piss me off when they would just go back to that over and over and over again. And they did it a lot in this match. I gave it a beer and a half, dude. I was not a fan of this. What the fuck? I did not. Saucy, saucy, wet-lipped Wex. What did you think? About this triple threat women's championship match. Bring it not in. As sal- not as salty as Jesse, but not as hype as you. So, I mean, I thought it was solid. I mean, nice work from them, but I kind of agree with Jesse. I don't know if it's because I don't watch the weekly product as much, but for some reason, I just, like, wasn't really invested in this match. I don't know if it's because the last match was so fucking that crazy fun. that when it got to this, it was kind of like I was so hyped from the last match, but I just wasn't as invested with it. And at one point, like once Mercedes Martinez had that fisherman buster, I thought that should have been the end of the match. I thought that would have been a nice to see, you know, someone fi- like a, the heel get the title, Ow. maybe change it up a little bit. She, I mean, she's like they said, she's a 15 year veteran. I mean, give yeah, the title. I don't know. At least, know. at least have a little, a little heel run for a little, for a little minute, then let Io Shirai maybe, maybe you know, you know, take it back. But she hit the moonsault, whatever. I mean. Tony Storm is basically an afterthought in this match. Like, I like Tony Storm, but I don't even understand why they put her in this match. Maybe just to give her a spot or something to do, but they should have just kept it a one-on-one. It would have been better. I liked Io Shirai climbing off and doing the crazy shit because, you know, that's what she does. She puts trash cans on her head. She dives off of shit. That's that's her shit. That's her spots. So I went three beers because it was enjoyable. I mean – they did what they did. It was solid. So better. we have one and a half and three and five. We were all I mean, over the fucking place. I'm right there in the middle. I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't anything. The last match was just so goddamn good. They it, it just really they had a lot to you know. I loved it. I absolutely. They, they had a lot it. to work from. They had a lot to show up, but That's I got fair, clarify, man. I, I got to clarify too. I had a really and I don't know exactly what it was. I had a really hard time making it through this show. Like Me, I had to stop and start it a couple of times. Once and, I. Wow. I I'll agree with you. Once I got to this match, it got slow for me, which was the basically the last two matches of the night. Like that's when I was just like, "You guys are fucking crazy." I thought the bell to bell. This is one of the best takeovers of all time. I thought it was super, super, super good. We'll get to that though. Let's jump back over to the TNA show as we uh, as we view uh, gazingly onto Christopher Daniels crotch from an Impact Wrestling cutout <laughs> that Wex is so graciously showing us on our screen. Hey, the, uh, the great yeah. escape is the, the shit. Yeah, shout out Great Escape. We've all uh, we've all had some great memories there. Next match on the card here in TNA's uh, Against All Odds is going to be Team 3D versus Team Canada 
lots of team names around this time. Um, Jesse, what do you think about Team 3D, or the Dudleys, rather, versus Team Canada, which was Eric Young and Bobby Roode? The thing about this match to me that really stood out was why did we have – and I know that they tried to explain it in the promos, but the promos suck, so I don't give a shit. Why did we have <laughs> AMW defending the tag team titles against, like, a made-up Saban-Sanjay Dutt alliance instead of defending them against one of these two teams and then Agreed. putting Dutt and Saban against the other team? And I think any of those combos could have worked here, to be fair. I mean, AMW versus Team 3D is the obvious choice just because of the heel-face dynamic. Yes. But at least Team 3D could have carried them to a better match. 100% you know? agreed. Um, Devon, fucking, I don't know how much gas he decided to get on the minute they walked out of WWE. He is swole as fuck here. He's just <laughs> yeah. in super beast mode. The um, That sidewalk leg drop combo is fucking dope. That's not something you saw from them a whole lot. I thought Scott Demore. He's one of my favorite parts of this match. He's one of my favorite. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, he is no, just agreed. on the outside. He's just absolutely perfect in that role. Probably like one of the last great managerial roles, I think, in modern day wrestling. Yeah. Um, agreed. Relatively basic match. It got Team Canada over, though. There were some roughneck elements, but it wasn't over the top. Uh, the post match developed the story instead of before where it completely killed it. I gave it three and a half. Three and a half beers. Wex, what do you think about the Dudleys versus Rude and Young here? I wasn't as excited as Jesse was. I was almost as excited, though. But Scott Demore, like you said, he was annoying as fuck, but he was doing his job. He was like just he was pissing me off, but obviously doing what he needed to do right there. Like you said, he was a great, just a great heel manager that just get under your skin. I'm yeah. trying to think of somebody who I could compare him to that just really pissed me off. Maybe, uh, I, I really don't know anybody like in modern day that I can think of who's in recent memory who's really just will get under your skin like that. You have to even you have to go back to the maybe like the 80s. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say Bobby Freddie Heenan, Blassie. Fred, I was, I was, I was going to say maybe something like maybe Bobby Heenan, like really that just like, like just the, it's just the tone of his voice really and like the, the cadence yeah. of the way he like, laughs and kind of do, does his bullshit but great fucking match obviously here like as <clears throat> sorry <sighs> but great great work from team 3d here like you said devon looked just jacked as fuck at first it kind of started off slow to me and i wasn't that interested but you know it kind of picked up bobby like it's really cool seeing a young bobby rude and a young uh eric a young eric young <laughs> Sounds fucking redundant as hell. Eric Young. You know what I mean? These youngins that are now in WWE and back in Impact again. uh, Yeah. Got very bloody. Like, I think uh, Devon's bleeding was just, like, absolutely over the top at one point. Excessive. It was a little excessive. Yeah. He might have just, he might have bladed a little bit too deep. And then I noticed uh, Eric Young and Don West kind of have, like, a similar voice. Like when Eric Young start when he starts yelling and then Don West started yelling like it, they kind of have that same like timbre. Yeah, it kind of just that that tone that just like, mm, like yeah. that kind of pisses me off. So yeah. Eric Young's <laughs> always been better than a heel when you hear that. But if this match just had a little bit less shenanigans going on, it would have got a better rating. But I only went two and a half beers. See again, I'm the generous man on this show. Uh, I I actually liked this a lot more than I expected to. 
Um, especially following such a great like three-way match, I thought they held their own. I mean, it, I, I had the same notes about how it's kind of wild seeing both Rude and Young at this point in their careers, like so early on. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, it felt like the match got the right amount of time. And I think this is the only match on the card that got the right amount of time. Like it wasn't too short. It wasn't too long. Uh, the post-match actually kind of hurt it a little bit with having AMW come out there and all that. I mean, granted, I understand that you want to extend things, but the, the post-match made it feel more like a, a regular TV show thing that you would do to pro like to hype up for a pay-per-view, but this is on a pay-per-view. So I felt like that was kind of a miss. Um, yeah, I mean, so I literally wrote that. I, I wrote up until the post-match. I thought the booking was great for this match, but it really wasn't the booking. It was just the amount of time that the match got allotted. Because the booking for the post-match, I don't know. It just seemed like that's not something you should do on a pay-per-view. Either way, I liked it more than I expected to. So I gave it three beers. Uh, I wasn't too much too far off from you guys. Uh, but that's going to be that. Man, we have gotten to a point in the show now where we're going to be covering the main event from each show. Um, so uh, since it's Wex's birthday, I'm going to give you the choice. Would you rather cover, first, Jeff Jarrett and Christian Cage? Or would you rather cover, first... Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. I think we're going to go uh, Christian Cage and Jeff Jarrett first. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. Well, you know what? It's your, it's your, it's the saucy, wet-lipped Wex's birthday. So go ahead and give me that saucy opinion, brother. That lushy opinion, if you will. I know you're a lush. You're not, you're actually. You're, you're not cast, but you are a lush. Maybe just on my oh excuse me maybe just on my birthday it might be lushing it up a bit. <laughs> Actually, out of beer right here, but uh, I really like that fiery Christian promo pre match. It uh yeah yeah really hooked me in there because Very at good. this point like Christian in TNA this was basically his run in TNA basically was what made him a superstar. Like it elevated him to that. He was already like a top guy. But this this run elevated him to that next level, and fully agree, fully agree. And the match really took forever to get started. Like I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! And the whole the fact that they had Earl Hebner as the spe- like the whole fact they hyped this up to be a clean match, and they're like, oh, we got to have a really you know really clean match. No one can like interfere. Zabisco was like hyping this up. Then they go, all right, we got Earl Hebner. He's a very controversial ref, and I'm like, yeah, what, what the, the fuck. What's the whole point of this if you're going to... It's been like 10 years, guy. At this point, it has they, been like 10 years. And the whole years. fact that they keep riding off the coattails of the fucking Montreal Jesus. screw job at this point. I was just like, really? Come on now. But besides all the malarkey and all the bullshit, it was a... I mean, it is... I mean, it was a, like it was basically a solid classic wrestling match, but they basically got their shit in. Christian looked great in here. I mean, there was a little bit too much interference with the whole Gale Cam and all that, but... I thought it was a great match. Uh, the cheesy little like bad uh, dick headbutt spot, and uh, another Don West sucks note right here because he just kept pissing me off in this match. But Christian looked great. Jarrett made Christian look a lot great. Lots of dick shots in this Lots match, and really throughout shot. the whole pay per view, like there was just dick shots everywhere. I don't know if like TNA was getting off the dick shots at this point, but I just noticed a lot of dick shots. And then, you know, the stroke from the top rope, obviously not enough. Lots of crazy ref bump. Like, literally the last five minutes of the match was just ref bump after ref bump. Like, Earl Hebner was basically dead at that point. If it didn't have so much shenanigans, I would have rated this a little bit higher. But it was cool to see, you know, Christian get the win, NWA title. 
you know, cement itself in history. I went four beers on this match. Just a little bit less crazy bullshit, and it could have went five, possibly maybe even six, but I'm going four beers on the NWA win for Christian. Jesse, what do you think about this main event, Christian Cage versus Jeff Jarrett? One of the things that I thought TNA did really well uh, in terms of the assets that they had afforded to them, commentary is usually really good about putting over the traveling champ nature of the NWA title. And even though by now, up until TNA, that belt really hadn't meant much of anything for a little over a decade, you know, at least, it was just kind of, I have always enjoyed that. I thought that that was one of those things that makes them different, not better than, not worse than, but different. Um, the I thought the back and forth of the match was great. A lot of classic heel Jarrett shit. This is another reminder that I like. I love hating on Jeff Jarrett as much as the next guy, but the truth is, if you give him a good opponent or the right opponent for the circumstance, he is definitely super capable of having a really adept and good match. And uh, I thought this was. The uh, exchange of spots during the ref outage was one, you know, I that was a little much for me. I thought the power bomb to Gail Kim as she was trying to come off the rope that second time looked fucking in, super intense. Yeah, like where Christian like snaps her to the mat. My favorite thing about how they put Christian over here was the slow count to finish the match. Oh yeah, it it was goddamn like Earl Hebner to the T. Yeah, true Earl Hebner slow count. Yeah, I just definitely really I, I thought that that added that much more to it. It put Christian Cage in a super top babyface spot right from the jump, and it finally got the belt off of Jarrett, which honestly by now they really really needed to do. Um, I gave it four and a half beers. I really enjoyed it, and especially as much as I love 2005 and 2006 TNA, their main event stuff was a little WCW most of the time. I thought this was definitely one of the better ones they had had in about a year and a half, two year span. Man, uh, yeah, I'm not on that tip with y'all at all. I thought this match kind of fucking sucked. Uh, of course, like, the, <laughs> the the referee is Earl Hebner. I mean, I feel like that was, like, a kind of guaranteed thing, too, uh, once they had that whole, Dave. like, you're on a need-to-know basis. I'll tell you when you need to know. And that was his whole promo, which is fucking awful. Uh, I feel like we all knew it was going to be Earl, especially with, yeah, Dave being there the whole damn time. I will say this, guys. Like, the way it was booked, it was a great, believable story. The promo package was great. The hype package was great. Christian's promo was great. And JB did a really good job on the intros. Sadly, this is still a Jeff Jarrett match. Uh, And that is what happened. I mean, there were obvious missed spots. Uh, I mean, Christian did actually have a couple of stutter steps of his own, too. It didn't feel like they ever really got their cadence down. Like, they never really got their rhythm down. Probably because Jeff Jarrett sucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gail Kim was kind of the highlight of his offense. I felt like possibly the ugliest sharpshooter I've ever seen in my life too, from Jeff Jarrett. Like what? Oh the fuck, yeah. That's pretty bad. I gotta say like, I was actually severely disappointed by this match overall. Like I thought it had great hype, but the, the booking was super convoluted and the performance just wasn't up to par. At least Christian got the win. It wasn't his fault. I gave it two and a half beers. Two and a half beers. I feel like for Damn, a shit match, dude. I gave it two and a half beers just because Christian won. I feel like I'm being generous with two and a half beers. Like, okay, it's it's obviously we all were a little bit different on this one because you you you've been generous basically throughout the whole night. Yeah, this I don't know if I'm okay. I don't know if I missed what Jesse was talking about him doing the whole hyping up the world title. Did y'all mention Hulk Hogan? Oh, of course. Okay, because I went to, I went to the bathroom to piss, but I thought uh, that was crazy that. This was the first mention of Hulk Hogan in TNA, period, right? Well, no, they had talked about him. Um, but they, well, this was this is... the first time him appearing on screen on a pay-per-view? 
Yeah, I think I so. so. I think so. Yeah. Because he's but like, also, like, also still a couple up years. Title to Japan, yeah. and he shows it, it was a couple years up. after that 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 Hogan. I think Hogan flirted with TNA like at least two times before he ever actually showed up. So I think this is the first time they started uh, teasing him. Um, okay, actually, yeah, because you're right. Like pre, before he went back to WWE, I think he did like maybe like one appearance for TNA. Maybe one, and then, and then you know, like, then he did, and then when he came did. back with the spike deal, that's when they went back to the four sided ring, all because of fucking Hulk oh, yeah. Hogan and, too. Yep. And so, so that was it. So he had the the old old appearance, this quick mention in the Japan where Jeff Jarrett attacked him, and then he didn't officially sign until they went back to the four ring. And actually, that was two thousand seven. I remember that vividly. And I actually was it, have a, was it seven or oh eight? I want to say I thought it was, it was seven because I have it the was? TNA okay. the best of two thousand seven, and the cover has Bischoff and Hogan. Oh God! Actually, uh, well, pretty sure that, that's exactly. He's going to find it, guys. He's saucy. It's his birthday. We love him for it. He's having a great time. We're having a great time here too. Oh, no, you no, 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 no! You guys are right. I, I bought, you, you guys are right. It's two. It has to be. It's two thousand eight. Yep, I knew it was right. It has to be 08 because that's I have the why I am Mister Know It All. You saucy son of a bitch. That's why because you need to look at that. To do you do you see Hogan anywhere no. on there? I, ain't no Hogan. Just, just some angle and just some sting. Some exactly. Samoa Joe. Right. That's that's the the year before. So well, two thousand seven will be on the docket for next year. Mister uh, well, Know It All is the, the appropriate name. That that's absolutely right. Let's jump back over here to the uh, current day main event. It's going to be Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne for the NXT championship dude this is my shit bro like i i fucking loved this match i thought it was this is the future for sure like i mean pete dunn is the guy i think that he deserves to have a a title run honestly like i gave i gave this match five and a half beers i would have given it six had they given the nod to dunn and putting the title on him because i felt like that would have been the right time to do so although i did also fucking love the post match i love that you're finally turning Adam Cole heel again because he has no fucking business being a babyface. Um, dude, the, the great technical wrestling that was happening was so good in the beginning. Uh, one of the best matches of the year so far, in my opinion. Um, I, I mean, dude, I, I can't say enough good things. I didn't actually write down enough like individual spots because I was glued in. Again, it would have been six beers if they had just given done the strap. Uh, but, dude, I mean, having the whole thing with, you know, O'Reilly – being obvious baby face and like him, you know, you can kind of read his lips and say like, you know, you, you belong here. You, you need to join us and like yada, yada, yada. And ha- teasing that moment that like, Hey, you know, since Bobby fish is out, maybe we're going to have Balor kind of take over that role, maybe for a split second. And then you get the super kick to the jaw. Uh, and uh, the, the immediate loud, overly gaudy piped in booze that you put in. Um, and then, you know, also I, I didn't, that that was like okay, that's good. I like that. I like seeing Adam Cole get that pop. But I really did not expect them to super kick O'Reilly. I thought they might like push each other and then like walk back to the back and like maybe argue about it a little bit. But to go the full mile and also to lay the super kick on O'Reilly, I thought was great, man. Five and a half beers overall, match and booking. I really wish Dunn would have gotten the strap. I hope he gets another shot at it eventually. Also, I would like to see you know now that we know that Finn's not going to take that spot. It'd be kind of cool to have Dunny be the guy that takes, you know, Fish's spot, at least for a little while. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, or just, you know, especially now that O'Reilly's out too, 
if if you want to keep the uh, if you want to keep the undisputed era going, I feel like Dunn would be a cool thing to do. Or Cole could literally just give Birch and Lorkin and Dunn like shirts and be like, you know what? Now we're we're the next we're the next era or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know. He could come up with some shit, but I think it would be good. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Wex, what did you think about Balor versus Dunn for the NXT title and where they went afterwards? Well, honestly, this match, it was it was really good. Like, the entering work, like, the, I love, like, the really submission-based style they worked. A lot of joint manipulation, a lot of uh, arm breakers, finger. Like, the, they really worked a, a really different style than basically the whole show. And I don't know if it's because I was so hyped up for the other shit and I was ready for, like, a more hype Finn Balor style match. Yeah. So I just, I don't know, that just took me out of it a little bit because it's not exactly what I was expecting, but obviously Finn hasn't been working that same way since he's been heel or whatever. And it got really intense at the one point, and I really, like, when Finn kicked out of the bitter end, I was like, ooh, because I feel like that's one of those moves. It's like. Yeah, you need to protect that move. Yeah. It's like the one-winged angel. It's one of my favorite moves in wrestling. It's like. The Bitter End, the One-Winged Angel, and uh, Destino, uh, Tetsuya Naito. The Diamond Cutter. No, it's not the Diamond Cutter, but it's like, it's... Destino's not a Diamond Cutter at all. I don't know exactly. No, I'm saying the Diamond Cutter is one of of the finishes you shouldn't kick out That's what I'm saying. I'm talking... Not, not I'm talking, not talking about of all time. I'm talking about just modern moves. No, I know. I was just being a dickhead. And those are three, like, really sick moves that I think, like, once you hit those... It should be the one, two, three. So if Pete Dunn could have won it, I probably would have went would have went with you and went five beers. But I only went four and a half beers for that match. Even though I love Finn Balor, definitely my favorite wrestler in WWE by far. What about the post-match stuff? I love Pete Dunn's mean streak. I love how I love everything that he's been doing. And just he's been so badass lately. I really would have loved to see him get the victory, but you know. It is what it is. For what about, for, what about that post match though? Come on, you got to give me some some. Okay, about oh, that. Yeah. So, so, but if 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 we're gonna include the post match, like included with the match combined, I'll definitely go five beers because I wasn't really I wasn't expecting any. Like I was like, oh shit, we're gonna have like a the undisputed bullet era, you know? Yeah, I thought, yeah, he, yeah. Did, he did the guns, and I was like, okay, and I maybe and maybe you know if uh, Adam Cole didn't turn heel. Maybe that's what they were going to be working towards. It could have been something that was possible, but the super kick and the super kick to O'Reilly. I mean, this is the first time basically we've seen the ring of honor boys, uh, have a, a breakup in WWE because this is just ring. This is just red dragon and Adam Cole combined with Roderick strong. Uh, that's what's going on. So yeah, I mean, yeah, first I time we've seen, we've seen the ring of honor boys break up in yeah. WWE. Yeah. So monumental. It's a monumental moment for sure. Maybe you know this mean? will be a, a fast track for Adam Cole to maybe go to the main roster, but I don't want him to get buried. God, I hope not. Yeah. That basically happens to every other cool wrestler, including Finn Balor. That's why I had to come back to NXT because the main roster was trash. Yeah. Vince is like, Oh, you got injured. So an, an injury, that means you suck at wrestling. And uh, that doesn't happen to pretty much everybody else, but yeah, no, I agree. Jesse, where are you at on this main event, man? I thought it was a great match. It definitely, to me, was the highlight of the NXT card overall. Uh, I did. I mean, I love that men's Dusty Classic final, but I, I definitely thought this was better. Um, yeah. There's obviously more stories going to enhance that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought Dunn did what he does and wrestled a really great wrestling match. And Balor has been using a lot more of his kind of like higher impact offense that isn't as busy. So yeah. altogether, I thought that they made a really, really great contest out of the whole thing, even though the styles are obviously not exactly the same here. They, it, I don't know. I thought they both crushed it. They both brought their A game. Um, both guys left it all in the ring, too. I mean, I agree about the bitter end. I hate to see that move of all moves not protected. But I also have kind of always thought Dunn's going to get to a point where that cannot be his finisher anymore at some point in time as he progresses along those cards. Because you can only, at his size, you can only do that shit to so many people. He's going to have to I've seen him do it to some really yeah. big dudes before. Yeah, I've seen him do it to Keith Lee, and I'm like, I mean, okay, you're good. I mean, like, yeah. So if you do Keith Lee, I, there's not very many people that you can't do it to. That dude's like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of disagree with that. Like, as much as you can watch him do it to Keith Lee, I'm, you know, you're not going to see him doing it to fucking McIntyre or. Well, or, how about or, you know, how about like, he gets a secondary finisher that he can do on people? That's like, I kind of, I kind of agree with you, Jesse, because. A finisher, you need to have a finisher as a move you can be submission. able to do on anybody. He just needs a submission, and he's got tons of them. They just need to make that his finish for, like, the bigger guys. It'd be fine. Yeah. But, but I do agree. Yeah, I mean, that would, that would work fine. Thing, you, know? you need like, to have a finisher that you can hit on anybody, no matter their size, no matter anything about it. has to be that move that's... I agree. So but I that finish is fucking see. sick. Oh, it's, it's one of my well, favorite moves of all time, but it's also kind of why, you know, as Daniel Bryan progressed, one of the bigger things that ended up getting him over was going to that flying knee. Yeah. And because it was a high-impact move that accentuated his speed and his size, and it made sense to have him in the ring with bigger people and use that as an offensive maneuver to end the match. So I think, I mean, they'll do something with him that way. I do wish they'd put the title on Pete Dunne. However, I do think, too, like, Lorcan and Birch, I don't know how long that train's possibly going to last, but they need the steam of having somebody with them. So if they're going to do this with the Undisputed Era and try and elevate Adam Cole back into a singles position that isn't based on a stable, I think it makes sense to keep the belt on Finn. Because he's not affiliated with anybody. Yeah, so, that's fair. Um, maybe, maybe the bitter end can be like, you know, like a burning hammer for him when he pulls out every once in a while. Yeah, sure. Either way. But I, I like the idea that they ended with the split thing. It was a surprise. It added something that didn't really take away from the other two guys, I thought. Um, so I, I don't know. It was useful for that for me. I gave it five beers. I might have even gone higher, except my one biggest critique about this whole thing was I didn't really – there was obviously a story here, but I didn't really fully get which side everybody was on. And I yeah. think that that could have been done a little bit better. But, yeah, I still gave it five beers. So, Well, for me, boys, we got to talk about the actual kayfabe comparison here. We have our 15-year anniversary show of TNA Against All Odds going up against NXT's Vengeance Day 2021. Wex, if you're giving the nod to one show, who's winning this kayfabe comparison? If we're going to talk about overall wrestling – and just an overall card, it's kind of hard to disagree with NXT Vengeance Day being the winner here. I mean, I really love TNA, classic TNA, but one or two matches versus like three to four matches that are like at the same like level of quality of wrestling, you, you, you got to go towards NXT Vengeance Day, even though they had the opportunity to go St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but... And Vengeance Day, even though I love Vengeance, even though Vengeance technically, like I know someone said, you can't go, val I think it was you, Daniel, you said St. Valentine's Day Massacre, you can't do that. But Vengeance is where Benoit did the murder. It's the pay-per-view he was supposed to appear at. God in heaven. And that's where Vince McMahon and Booker T screwed Stone Cold. But I know, you know all about that Stone Cold and his whole career working against that evil Mr. McMahon. 
That's like Forrest Gump meets Stone Cold. Jesse, what do you think, man? Which one wins this kayfabe comparison? It's it's rough because I really only loved two matches on each show, um, which I guess technically would mean that Vengeance Day, because of the percentage, would be what you would think. But I still like that fucking Team 3D match enough that I think I'm going to give the edge to the TNA show. There's just what more the there. fuck? There's just How more can you possibly do, do that? Well, I, right. I was, I'll tell you this. I was this excited. This man can't save the show. show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I watched that whole motherfucker voraciously in one sitting and didn't lose interest in it, even though there were some shitty matches. But with NXT, I just it wasn't coherent to me as a show, and I couldn't get through it in one sitting, so I got to give the edge to TNA myself. Ooh. For me, the undisputed champion, no pun intended, is the NXT show. I'm going to go uh, ahead and give them the nod. Me. Give them the nod. As uh, so, me and Wax are gonna put it two to one. The undisputed winner here is going to be NXT Vengeance Day 2021. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us and joining us this week. We uh, had a really fun time bringing you this show. Be sure to check out next week. We're going to be covering WWE's Elimination Chamber 2021 versus the very last ever ECW pay-per-view. It's ECW Guilty as Charged from 2001. We've never covered an ECW pay-per-view with uh, with this uh, with this kayfabe crew. Jesse, what do you think about uh, doing you know this 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 last ever ECW pay-per-view against this new Elimination Chamber? Man, I'm one of those people that you know you're. Uh... We're probably not going to go wrong with ECW shows for me, even though this is definitely not the most stellar among them. But I, it's it's hard to hard to argue with, man. I'll have a link that I'm going to uh, try and get out to everybody alongside that episode that is going to be pretty fun about a guy who's on the show too. So I'm excited about that. I don't think Ric Flair is on the show, but uh, are you excited about the Elimination Chamber versus ECW's Guilty as Charged, Wex? Oh, yeah, it should be pretty cool. I'm actually more excited about Elimination Chamber now that the fact they took the Miz out of the match, which didn't oh, make sense you. that the, the money. Of, it didn't make sense that the money of the bank winner would be in the match when you are like, why would you have a double title shot there? It just doesn't I make mean, any fucking that. sense. So, I mean, I don't know how they work the storyline. I just read that he's out of the match now, which makes things a little bit more enjoyable for me. But I just don't understand why Edge had to go through the Royal Rumble. Just for them to get a title, just for them to get like a chance. The the elimination chamber should be for a title shot, not for well, one of them is the title. Yeah. What one of, them, one of them's for a title shot, but that same night. And then one of them is for the title in the chamber. Okay, okay. Well that that makes that 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 changes things a little bit. That makes perspective yeah, that makes a little sense. bit different than that. I so, think it's unique. I think it's I think it's good booking. Okay, yeah. So that makes it a little bit different. So not you're not just so one person. So obviously that means Edge is going to go for the other one, and he's not going to go for the one where he can straight up win the title. That makes sense. Perfect. Yeah, I think he's going against Roman Reigns. I don't think that's. Oh yeah, be okay. I'm pretty excited point. for this because you know, EC Dub is always hype. I mean, there's been a, a few shitty ECW pay. Oh, I, dude, I'm excited to watch this shit show, and I'm I feel like I'm gonna shit all over this probably, but I'm super super excited to cover that ECW. So show. who's in like the last ECW pay per view? Is it like who's the champion? I know Rhino. Point? I know Rhino's the champ. Um, Rhino's the champ. Yeah. Carino's pretty heavily featured. There's yeah. uh, Jerry Lynn, RVD, Chris Hamrick, who's one of my low key favorites. Yeah. Um. There's there's a lot of people in there's this. There's some talent player. on the show. There's some talent yeah. on the show. We don't know if uh, they're gonna be booked. Well I heard my or dad matches are gonna be good. Too, but... That, that's a rumor. Your dad? Yeah, I heard he could be on the show. Uh oh. Here we go. Here we go. Is nine one one your dad? I mean, 
that's, that, that's what that's we hear. Not, that, that's not nor confirmed or denied. But I feel like I feel like the stature makes perfect sense that nine one one would be your dad. It just looks like it would genetically be a perfect match. Uh, but yeah, let's be the second generation superstar for all you know. The the, uh, the week after the week after next is going to be we're finally going to be able to bring you guys the what happened to amazing red show. We're going to try to start sneaking in these what happened to shows once a month as well. I'm really excited to kind of deep dive into it. I know we've touched on it for a while, but I recently found out that there is a full documentary of amazing red on prime. So I will be sure to watch that before we do the show. Um, Jesse, any thoughts on the amazing red show? I think it's going to be a lot of fun to explore not only a lot of how he broke in and a lot of his earlier indie stuff, which paved the way for so much of what we see now, yeah. but on into House of Glory and training some other guys and just kind of what his career overall has meant to the general industry yes. of professional wrestling. Yeah, totally. Wex, how do you feel about Amazing Red and covering his kind of career and his, I guess, floundering and then maybe more as a coach than a player? I mean, I'm definitely excited about this because he's done more for wrestling than people can actually even understand yeah. most like your average fan wouldn't understand how much stuff he actually invented and stuff that you think that oh this guy did first and this other yeah. guy did but no it's, it was the amazing red they all copied him and he's basically the goddamn innovator of modern pro wrestling so much stuff you see these days you like i mean do you like anything you see on AEW tag team wise the amazing red influenced most of that shit yeah i would agree with that wholeheartedly i'm super excited for what we've got coming up here guys you always know where to find me. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak or at Kfabecom, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M. We're also now on TikTok. You can follow us at Kfabecom Pod. We couldn't get Kfabecom because Wex is a fucking idiot, but uh, we love him for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, like I tried to make the birthday the, like the birthday of the podcast because I'm so not TikTok like, thinks like we're human. too. So, yeah. yeah, TikTok thought we were two years old, and so the whole podcast, I mean, like, fuck, the whole account was restricted because, yeah, we're not yeah. two. So now have, you can find us everywhere at kfabecom, except on TikTok. It's at pod. Be sure to follow us there. I'm going to try to be doing some videos at least once a week. Jesse and uh, Wex are going to be trying to throw some stuff up there, too, some matches of the week, some things to watch. Uh, maybe some historical stuff, maybe some extra stuff that we uh, maybe some video clips of just the three of us talking on Skype that we don't actually get on the full episode. You know, uh, we might recommend some matches to watch some some of our favorite yeah. things. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm super excited about it. Be sure to follow us at Kfabecom pod on TikTok. Jesse, where can people find you, man? Twitter and Instagram, both at Jesse Baker Nash and just Jesse Baker on Facebook. Wex, tell them about it. Well, everybody, you can find me at Wex Breaking the Lawson on Instagram, Wex Breaking the Lawson on the YouTube, where I have weekly AEW videos, and I'm definitely gonna have some more shit popping off soon. And you know, we, we might have some appearances from you boys over here from the podcast. Yes, on sir. There. We might have a little some special shit popping off, and then of course, I'm just Wex Breaking the on. Uh, the Twitter because I couldn't fit uh, Lawson all, right, all the way on there. You know, you know, you know the gimmick. You know, you know I like to spit the same shit every week. You know, I gotta make sure Wex gets his shit in on his birthday, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely my birthday. Gotta get the shit in. But yeah, be on be on that kayfabe, be on that kayfabe com pod on the Tiki Tock. They got the little green screen setting, I noticed, and we got the green screen over there. Somebody might have some weird shit popping off here soon. I don't know what Hell it's yeah. going to be, but it might be weird. Luchador mask masked up on, you know, we're going to get hype. 
Yeah, let's get hype, boys. I'm excited about it. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. As always, if you leave us a review and tag a nostalgia show, we will make sure to put it in rotation and cover it for you. We will also shout you out on the podcast. Be sure to do that review. It means so much for us to get up in the ranks. We appreciate you guys downloading. There's more people every single week. Please tell your friends. And be sure to leave us that review. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.